Do you like waffles? Yeah, we like waffles. Do you like pancakes? Yeah, we like pancakes. Do you like French toast? Yeah, we like French toast. Dip, 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 can't wait to get a mouthful. Waffles! Hello, good evening, welcome to the Sports Waffle, Matt Myers here as always, joined again by Jonah and Nick, how are we gents? Top of the world. Good, 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 no Adam again tonight, I think he's travelling back isn't he? So I'm joined yeah. Sure he should return yeah. on Monday. Right, first of all, we'll get them out of the way, these are not my normal spectacles, I have lost my glasses, that's why I'm wearing these Johnny Knoxville horrific massive things for the uh, two people that watch us on, uh, on Yao Chaub. Um, this is not my normal thing. I do like a Thunderbird. You are quite correct. <laughs> also, fuck off. Right. Before, before we go on, Nick, why are, we, why are we late starting? Did you win or lose against a Spider? I suppose you could call it as a win. I, I trapped it and I set it free in the wild. If it was down to me, I'd kill the fucker. But I know the missus wouldn't appreciate that. So, so it's was it a points win? No longer in the house, so that's a win. A points win, then we're calling it. Point, yeah, points win. They bother me to the point where I'll walk in a room and I'll check the corners and make sure that there's just nothing nothing lurking on it. I just, one thing I can't deal with is spiders. But I've learned to catch them. I'm not quite that bad. I don't, I don't, I'm not a particularly big fan of them. But, uh, you know, my biggest fear is that something jumps out of one of these bloody boxes from America. <laughs> that's, my, that's my biggest one that we open up one of these not so much the Fanatics one I think they'll be okay but the ones that should come from all the other stores have come through like five different shipping carriers that just open it up and something not even massive crawls out because if it's I'm assuming if you get a tarantula you'd know about it but where, where I was lived in Missouri there was a thing called a brown recluse spider and it's only tiny but it bites you your skin rots so um, they can fuck right off Get some bananas sent over, Matt. See what comes. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> fucking spiders. Right. Uh, I spent most of my day working slash watching the cricket. Very enjoyable to see. Uh, I can't think of his first name, Crawley. Creepy. Yeah, indeed. I'm just imagining that's his nickname. It's got to be in it. It'd be um, disappointing if he's not. Absolutely. Yeah, it'd be pretty poor form, wouldn't it? Um, 177 not out overnight. England put on a pretty good display of their batting. Uh, I'm actually quite looking forward to this. It could be a decent-looking test match. But, again, apparently, it's going to piss it down for Monday and Tuesday, so it might be a complete waste of time. Have you watched any of it? I haven't seen any of it yet. I've uh, been working all day, but I will catch it when I... I'll catch up on the highlights on Sky. I'll probably, wa- I'll probably watch quite a bit of it tomorrow, actually. It's on. I've not seen any, but one thing I did see is Rory Burns continues to disappoint with six runs. Mm. He averages five in this entire series. In the last test match, he, he, he came in and within the first two balls, he looked like he'd be out within the next four. Oh, like he, yeah. didn't look it was like hooping he was... round corners, though. The thing is, yeah. being an, an English opening batsman in English conditions, like if you're an Australian opening bat and you get a chance in the summer for them, you get on a lot of flat, rock-hard wickets, whereas 
over here you are getting balls that like you can just get days where there's one with your name on it and it's coming early. I mean, he was so good in county cricket for so long as well. He was just absolutely dominant. But there's a massive gulf between uh, test hours, international and domestic, unfortunately. I think they're all getting in his head a little bit. They're all getting in his head about his, his front foot coming over too far. Now he's trying to get it back over and he's, he's, he's nicking off. But they said quite an interesting thing on Sky, actually, which is for an opener, it's not really... You, you shouldn't really judge them so much by their average until they've had a decent amount of time doing it. Because if you look at someone like Alistair Cook, he would go you know, naught, 10, 11, naught, and then 290-odd. You know, it would be a case of if you get in as an opener, you have to go big. And I think that's where... Burns has gone, scored a few 40s and 50s, hasn't he? But he's not gone big. Certainly big, big like they've gone. Crawley, I think, did a great job today going, getting in and going big. I think that's... He could potentially... They were talking about him opening. Uh, it's quite exciting. Well, that's what's absolutely wrong with British sports fans for me. Zach Crawley's coming at three. I think it's one of the... If there's any... The last 100 by an England number three was two years ago. It's a problem condition. Problem position, as I said, conditions in England. Number three can be batting in the first couple of overs quite easily in English conditions. Scores a mass, he scores an absolutely massive 100. He looks well on his way from what I've heard. Need to move him up the order. No, we need to keep him in exactly the same place and let him do exactly what he's doing. Absolutely. You imagine that, you've got Crawley, Crawley, Root, Pope, Stokes, Butler. If you can just get Sibley to bat for a week and a day and then just get an opener, A and other, that can just bat for a little bit, you know, they'd be quite, quite enjoying watching, a bit like when the Australians used to have Gilchrist. I would thoroughly enjoy watching um, Joss Butler walk out 300 for five and go, right, yeah, boys, here comes he Butler, in, just tee off. He was in serious trouble wasn't he a few weeks ago a few I'd say a couple of games ago of losing his job mm. and he Zach Crawley scored his first test ton today he's got as many as Josh Butler yeah Josh Butler he's on for his second ton ever which is ludicrous when you think how long he's been playing and how, how talented he is I think mm. for me with Butler um, is that he's not in that side to come in in the first 40 overs the idea mm. is with him, exactly like Gilchrist, is you've got the top order, should be, we should be 250 before he gets in. And then he gets in when the bowlers are a bit tired, the ball's a bit old, and all of a sudden he's sticking it in the stand. Like today, when um, Shari went 6-6-4 in one of the overs, and it's just like you could just see the Pakistanis' heads drop. Just, oh, bloody hell. We've only got them four down. So it's interesting to see what they're going to do with it. But... Uh, it certainly is quite promising for that middle order for the first time in a while. A decent amount of entertaining batsmen. And he played some bloody lovely shots. Very nice. Enjoyed it. Um, some sad news. Some sad news out of the NFL. Ron Rivera diagnosed with is it lymph node cancer. Yeah. yeah. Um, on a positive note, it does apparently, or it is apparently very early. And they believe he's got a good chance of some form of a pretty much a recovery, but thoughts and prayers, and uh, hope he uh, hope he gets better. Um, Jones, I think it said imminently eminently treatable. I think with the report I I read, which you know fingers it, 
when you watch the sort of behind the scenes, like the hard knocks or the all or nothings, I'm, you know, you make a decision on people and some people might not be the greatest coach in the world or they might not be the best quarterback in the world, but they come across as people. And Ron Rivera came across as an absolutely wonderful bloke. Mm. And you wouldn't wish cancer on anybody, but especially someone who seems as, you know, as nice a fella as he is and also just starting a new job as well. Yeah. Do you think, is he said he's going to carry on coaching through it or is he going to take a bit of time? Um, Has he said that yet? He might not say it yet. He's con- he will continue coaching this season. Uh, it's an early stage, very treatable and curable, which is a good prognosis for coach. And we also have a plan B in place, which will be uh, Jack Del Rio assuming head coaching, coaching duties if necessary. I didn't realise he was there. That's fine. He's, he's pretty experienced anyway. So they'll, they'll be able to figure that out one way or the other, won't they? So that's superb. Well, that's hopefully, although it's bad news, hopefully a positive can come from it in terms of getting a good recovery. Right. New England Patriots. What's his name? Stedham? Stedham? What's, his, what's he called? Jarrett Stedham. Thank yeah. you. Um, injured hip, what I'm hearing out of New England, might not be available for part of the season, which kind of that... is helpful, shall we say, for Mr. Belichick to make a decision. <laughs> it's going to make no difference at all, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it has much chance of throwing a pass this year as I did. <laughs> You think there was no QB uh, competition up there, Jones? I I would be shocked if he threw a Q, if if he threw a pass without Cam being injured in the first three or four weeks of the season. I think there was a report come out in the last couple of days where they they were asking Bill Belichick if he was going to use like uh, a platoon, you know, where they're going to swap round and take alternate snaps and da da da. And he was like, like you know, Bel- Belichick flat back. Mm. You know, it's something we'll look at. It's something we'll think about. It gives us the best chance to win. Yeah. <laughs> There's absolutely no hope he's going to be rotating them. Because yeah. Stedham's left-handed, isn't he? No, he's usually writing. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Well, the pictures I've seen of him throwing right-handed. I just, I, I thought he was left-handed, but um, yeah, they're not. They're never going to swap. Cam's going to play. Yeah. Nick. I think you've, you've got to look at what gives you the best chance to win because even though they're probably in a bit of a weird transitional period after Brady, they've still got a pretty good defence. And whilst you've got Bill Belichick as your coach and you're in a division that boasts the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets, you've still got a <laughs> chance in that division. You know, Buffalo are a really good team on paper, but it's... Do, do you have the absolute confidence in Buffalo dethroning New England? You, you expect it to happen. I expect Buffalo will come out of that division. But as I said, whilst Bill Belichick's in New England, they've always got a chance of playoff football and you know potentially getting back to the, the big dance. I don't expect that'll happen this year, but Cam Newton definitely gives them a better chance of doing that than Jarrett Stidham does. Facts. So, yeah, I'd have been surprised to see. I think if Stidham had started the season, which is what the initial report said, I'd have been very surprised if he was still starter a few weeks in. Um, You know, you don't keep a Cam Newton on the sideline, especially if he's back at any sort of of like 85%, 90% of what he was previously fitness-wise, which 
all these training videos and pictures seem to suggest he's uh, he's fully fit, ready to go. Uh, what was I going to say? It'll, it'll highlight something to me about how good a coach Belichick is with what he gets from Cam Newton. Mm. Because he's... Is it 2015 he was MVP? I might be wrong on the year. Um, 15 or 16, yeah. Around that matter. So, you know he's got the ability, yet the Panthers couldn't get it out of him. Um, So, it'll show how good Belichick is or isn't um, when it all rocks and rolls. But uh, it's quite nice watching some uh, some balls being thrown and some pads being worn. It's... uh, is you a bit excited that the season's uh, not was it 20, 20 days away, I saw? It will, it'll be, yeah, be starting three weeks in the middle of last night, won't it, yeah? That's quite exciting. It's only four months till Christmas. My wife didn't tell me tonight as you walked in with two boxes of chocolates. So, uh, <laughs> baffled me, but anyway. Um, right, so, Jones, you're a United fan, aren't you? Correct. Right, you have to talk me through this one then. I'd like to, however, start by I can't remember it was either Paddy Power or someone's post about it earlier on, which I thought was brilliant. Harry Maguire beans Greece is currently in. Yeah. Where they said the attack was actually on Wednesday, but it took Harry Maguire two days to turn around, which is why he hit a member of the public or something to that yeah. effect. Which I thought was I just laughed quite hard at that one. What's happened, Jones? What's gone on with your with your United? My our leader. As, I mean, he's just followed in the footsteps of Brian Robson, Roy Keane, and all the other great United <laughs> captains by getting arrested in pre-season. Gone are the days when it was a badge of honour. It's now, I don't, I mean, who hasn't thrown a few punches on holiday? <laughs> Got arrested. I think the thing is, it's easy to laugh and joke about it. It's easy to like condemn him and say, you know, he's disastrous and he's going to end up in a Greek prison for however long. But until the sort of the full story comes out and once the Greek copper gets paid off, I think we'll hear more about it. <laughs> but I don't know. I've read it and I've read that there was, yeah, his mate got, they were singing. What I imagine is someone singing, giving him a wind up. He's thrown a dig or someone of his mates has thrown a dig. The foreign police love to wade in, don't they? And then yeah. he's probably just... Turned round slowly and caught someone, as you said. <laughs> that's a bit weird. I mean, why is he? In, I'm assuming they're all now in Greece because it's the only place in Europe that's not fucking closed. Yeah, presumably. Um, I do enjoy seeing that. Um, oh, who's a Tottenham striker? Harry Kane. Harry Kane's in two weeks lockdown because he went to the Bahamas or something like that. It's like, oh, yeah, I bet he's fucking struggling in his mansion for two weeks. Jesus. Yeah. You know. <laughs> my, heart, my heart bleeds for Harry. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, dear. What's the matter? You're not going to be able to... Oh, you can't play football for a week. Oh, right. Yeah, I had that. My <laughs> mum grounded me for a week. You utter bell end. So, um, yeah. They said, oh, he'll be available for England. Who's, how, why on earth are England playing football games? They've got, to get the, they've got a game in before the start of the season, haven't they? Why? Before, before the, the season things that really doesn't matter right now. Us playing, you know, who are you? I don't know who we're playing. I don't even know. Pakistan or someone like that? No, it's that UEFA Nations League. But even uh, less of an important thing then. Yeah. Do you not think, you know, 
everybody's quarantined. There's all sorts of rubbish going on. Do we really need to fly over whichever, unless we're playing Scotland or Wales or at a push island? Do we really think we need to fly these buggers over? No. I mean, not, not that I'll mix with any of the general population. Eddie, actually, on the subject of the internationals, you know the friendlies that happen about eight weeks into the season, and like, are they are they still going to go ahead this year, given what's happened and the fit, everything sort of starting a, a bit later than it should have done? So, whereas we usually play Slovakia ten times a year, are they just going to sort of knock those fixtures on the head now and just crack on with the the normal domestic competitions? Well, they don't exist anymore. They that's this UEFA Nations, Nations League, League, League is completely because basically everyone said, "What's the point in playing friendlies?" So they've got the Nations League in place. And to be honest, as a football fan, it was better. I'd rather watch England play Spain in a semi-competitive game than watch England play like Colombia and then then rotate twenty-two players at halftime. It, but. Yes, in answer to your question, they're still planning on playing them. The groups, the schedule is, I've got it up here, games on the 3rd and 5th, between the 3rd and the 5th, and then the 6th and the 8th of September, so the week before the Prem starts. And then between, there's two match days, the 10th and the 11th, or the 13th and 14th of October. And then another two match days in November. And that's what this, the whole idea was that those friendlies against Slovakia were so pointless that no one could sell tickets for them. And yeah. they replaced it with this poxy competition because it might sell five more tickets. Because um, I remember we used to be, companies used to work for, we used to have a box at Wembley and um, we used to get their, their spam emails. And it used to be like, England have got a friendly against Outer Mongolia. Tickets are 55p. Come on down. And it's like, no, <laughs> I want to go. Every every year, it felt like we played Slovakia about four times, Moldova about four times, and a couple of Czech Republic games. Yeah, we were every in, year. We had Poland in our group for about nine years in a row, didn't we? Oh yeah, and San Marino. Yeah, oh, I remember that. I remember, I remember that goal going in. I was heartbroken. <laughs> what year was that, Jones? You'll remember. The '93, it was the '94 World Cup, so '93. I mean, like, when, I really hope Kuman fails at Barcelona because of what he did in that World Cup qualifying campaign when he should have been sent off for fouling David Platt. So I still hold a grudge against him. I hold a grudge against him because he's a shit Everton manager. <laughs> Dickhead, fat round face. <laughs> Throwing stones in glass houses over it. Um, right, Champions League final. I don't, is it Saturday or Sunday? What day are they playing this fast on? Sunday. Sunday. And they're playing for the right to play Seville in the Super Cup. Seville have just won. Have they? Yeah. Who was in the final with Seville? Inter. Oh, of course it was. What's the really? What's, what's it finished? Just finished 3 2. I tell you what, Sevilla, uh, the Europa League Cup Kings. Is it, the same, it's, it's, is it different managers or just one bloke whose only job is to win the Europa League? No, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what they do. They've got, um, yeah, they've got a league manager and he's pretty average. But the guy they get in just for the midweek stuff, he's unreal. <laughs> no, um, it's the Lopetegu, Lop, 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 oh, yeah. who um, 
what he did, he's the one who said before the World Cup he was going to leave Spain. Absolutely brilliant. And then oh. Real Madrid fucked him off as well. Well, Real Madrid fuck everybody off, to be honest. Oh, dearie me. Right, so it's Bayern versus. I was going to I'm sorry, before I carry on, I remember it because I'll forget it. There was a, a thing posted today by Inter Milan about the fact that Lukaku has scored as many goals in his first season as uh, Ronaldo did. The old fat Ronaldo, not, uh, not Cristiano. Which to me just heightens the example of how shit the Italian league must be. Because Lukaku would look dreadful in England, barring, well, his, barring his couple of games at West Brom. Well, the thing is, he's always scored goals. And like, as a United fan, I watched him every week. And the first sort of five ten games he came in for us, I was like, this is unreal. And then his touch is atrocious. And like people were trying to make out, he scored again tonight another penalty, and then he scored the winner. I think a deflected own goal off him. <laughs> but he scored. I mean, he scored twenty three goals in the league for them, which is obviously some achievement. And he scored an eleven consecutive um, Europa League games. But there's God knows how many penalties. God knows against you know. He always seems... To, I read it today. He's like, were they wrong to let him go? He scores the fourth and the fifth in a 5-0 win. That's not... You know, you want players that are scoring the... Do you know what I mean? The scoring the, the goal that wins you the game. But mm. as a United fan, I'm delighted he left. I, don't, I didn't wish him well. I didn't wish him any bad. I'm just... You know, I just... I'd had enough of him, but yeah. See, when he left, I was delighted as an Everton fan because we got a hell of a lot of money for him. And then seeing how much we pissed that money away on dog shit made it feel <laughs> even worse. You know, we, we all moaned about... I mean, the Everton fans just pelted him for being a lazy bastard. Um, and then you think you get... It was 85 million quid we nabbed, you know, robbed you guys for for him. And then we bought like Moses Keane and the big like Danny Cliffson, whatever his fucking name was. From Ireland. Just wasted money. It was so annoying. Uh, anyway, back to the topic at hand. Um, Bayern München versus uh, PSG. Pick them. Who you got? Ooh. I am going to go, and I'm going to tie in Nick's picks with this as well. I'm going to go with oh. Bayern Munich. I, I forgot we had Nick's picks. We'll come to that in a second. Jones, who well, you got? It's a... I, I, I can't see this ending nil-nil. So I reckon it's going to be a board draw and go to penalties and Neymar will convert the winning penalty. So PSG. I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to, hang on, we'll just check something. Lewandowski, does he play for Bayern? Yeah. Right, good. Yeah, he's scoring the winner. Bayern are winning. I'm going to go 2-1. Right, go on in, Nick, as you've as you got this floor. Nick's picks, Nick's picks. What have we got? Yeah, so tying in to who I think will win the game, I think by Munich. And I agree with you, Matt Lewandowski. And there's a nice little, well, it's an outside bet, but it's because things have to fall in place for it to happen. So uh, Lewandowski to score first. If you look at his goal-scoring form recently, he's been on absolute fire. So you've got Lewandowski to score first and Bayern Munich to win 3-1, 50-1. to 
So I can see maybe a 2-1 scenario, PSG pushing on for a goal, buying it them on the counter, 3-1, good night, Bayern Munich, Champions League winners. I think you, I think that's a phenomenal segment, Nick. However, you. <laughs> if you'd have used the phrase, I'll be the same, at any point in that, instead of good night, uh, it would have been a Bass better or anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if I, I, I knew German I, and I knew that's what it meant, I, I might have dropped it in. <laughs> um, I, I think there's goals in it. I, I watch both teams. They both press really high. They both got the, the front six, or the, the possible front, front eight to both teams. Phenomenal. But I just really hope it's not ruined by like theatrics and play not play acting as such but just the game getting broken down like we talked about because it's a good chance that PSG will be starting one of the world's greatest shithouses in uh, Ander Herrera who <laughs> has it, it, oh, I love him to bits he has the ability to stop play every 30 seconds and if they get a lead it could be carnage if they get like just breaking everything up but it's set to be a I wasn't really looking forward to the Champions League once uh, City went out. I wasn't really too bothered. But having watched these two teams play, I'm actually thinking could be a good final. Sunday night, what could go wrong? Is it BT Sport? Yeah, Stephen Bannerman, that's what could go wrong. Correct. (laughs) 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 So I might have to try and get my BT Sport sorted for Sunday. That's right. When PSG PSG played Atalanta and and they, they beat them, 2-1 2-1 with two late goals, 90th minute, 93rd minute. The second goal was scored. I don't know if you, you noticed by Chupo Moting, who yeah. is like recently as a season or two ago, he was playing his football at Stoke. Like how how fortunate can you land in life to, to leave Tuesday night cold weather Stoke <laughs> football and then score the winner to see PSG through to the, the semi-final? Did you see that stat about Stoke? 10 players or something. That's yeah, yeah. something ridiculous. Like 10 players in like the Champions League final in the last 10 years or something ridiculous. Google it, Joe, and see what it actually was. I bet it was something along those lines. You, Google that, while we, got... you Google that while we talk for F1. Go. Right. Nick, catch me up because I've missed this news today. Williams. So, yeah, what I understand of it is Williams have basically been bought by a US finance firm, um, Derilton. I'm probably not saying that right, but um, from what I've read, which is fairly limited so far, but they've basically come out and said, we're here to finance. Yeah, we're here to finance. Just look at the pictures, Matt. I don't need to look at the writing. I just look at the pictures. So they've come out and basically said, Williams... Um, you know, household name in Formula One. We don't really want to change too much because the history's there, the fans are there. Um, I think they're just there to finance it. I think Williams have been struggling a little bit for a few years now and the car shows that, that they keep putting on the track every week. So it's it's good because it would be nice to see a competitive Williams car again. Um, but yeah, we'll see where that goes, do you know what I was thinking the other day? In fact, to say your day, about 30 seconds ago, on the Williams front. So, there is talk, if I am not, I might be wrong, correct me if I am, that um, Force India want Checo, it's not called, is it called Force India anymore? It's not. Uh, it? Racing Point. Racing Point. 
they want Perez out and potentially Vettel in. I had heard that. Something along those lines, isn't there? Mm. Now, if I'm Williams, George Russell is doing a fantastic job of making that car look a lot better than it is. On, on Certainly on a Saturday, doing all right on a Sunday, but then he sort of gets caught up on a Sunday. Sergio Perez basically comes with the Bank of Mexico at his back. Surely Williams, if he is not driving for, if he's not got to drive next year, Williams have got to basically just offer him the earth to come and bring all that Mexican oil money to Williams. Irregardless of this American takeover, Checo Perez and his bazillion dollars from Mexico must be a... I can, I can understand if you're a billionaire like Stroll or Daddy Stroll, um, you don't need someone's money. But if you're Williams, you know, if he brings a couple of million quid in, you know, it's better than being sponsored by Martini yeah. and Brillo pads, which is coming through the got at the moment, isn't it? I really rate Perez, to be honest. I think he's one of the best drivers on the circuit. And I think if, if he is leaving Racing Point, I don't really... See, the thing that they've got is they've got Daddy Stroll calling the shots and then they've got Baby Stroll driving the car. So, and you, you, it's always going to... You're never going to have, as much as I think Perez is a better driver than Lance Stroll, you're not going to have a situation where Lawrence Stroll gets rid of Lance. So, unfortunately, Checo is the one that goes. But whatever team he lands on... I think it's close. I think it's close enough between Stroll and Perez that he's not being as big of a dick as he could be. You know, I think if it's you know, Perez was uh, Stroll was leading Perez this weekend, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple of the races like there was one where Perez Stroll finished ahead of him, but it was because Perez had I don't know if it was a tire issue or a car issue. It wasn't his fault on the last lap. Um, he did finish above him this week, just gone. So they are they are close. I mean, they're, they're not. Um, they're, they're certainly not worlds apart. Where you'd say, "Whoa, you know, he's what are yeah, you yeah. doing, um, keeping him on just because of favoritism?" But I, I do, I do think Perez is one of the, the top drivers. And like you said, you've you've got that Mexican backing behind you, and yeah. it's, it's massive. If you've got a, literally a full country supporting your your driver, then. I think it'd be good for, and, and it, it's good for Williams, and it'd be very, very good for the Williams staff as well, I imagine, because that's, whilst it is a lovely old traditional F1 team, been around since the very beginning, I believe, or certainly close to it, Frank was a driver for, wasn't he? Um, at least they've got some longevity in the sport, because certainly watching that uh, drive, drive to Survive, it's called? Yeah. Claire Williams looked very stressed about stuff that she doesn't need to really focus on, you know, trying to yeah. make sure they can pay the bills, whereas they should really be focused on trying to go a bit faster. Well, the, in uh, was it pre-season, um, back pre-pandemic, the everyone was due to. I think they were at Catalonia, and all the teams were there with the cars ready, and the Williams car hadn't even turned up. Like it was, it was stuck somewhere. On a flight or something like that, so um, it's just not a, a very well-run team at the moment. But it's a family family-run team, isn't it? Mm. Like Williams, as the family that back the Williams team. So mm. it would be, it, you know, be nice from a nostalgic point of view 
to see if they just, you know, a finance injection. And they've they've obviously come in because they want to move them up up the table constructor-wise. So see where that goes. I think the Williams family had taken them as far as they can. I think you've you've got to have the, the backing financially then from a third party. I think, yeah, absolutely. I think with Williams, they're a bunch of people running a Formula One team, whereas these guys are bankers and very well-connected mm-hmm. people running a lot of money who also own an F1 team. A bit like Red Bull. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't expect you know Christian Horner to start a team from scratch and make a load of money. But if Red Bull wants to hand him a load of money, he can go and run a Formula One team very, very well. Yeah. Right, Jones, what did you find out? So, dum bum bum. Stoke City got relegated in 2017. Yep. Yeah. It, they had played, that, that squad had players that had played in the semi finals of the Champions League in 05, 07, 08, 09, 10, 11, 13, 15, 16, 19, and this year. And like I know, you, I know you could look at it and say that's going to be the same player, but it's not. Crouch, Johnson, Fletcher, Kirch, Bojan, Afalai, Shakiri, uh, Hesse, Shakiri again, Tubo Moting. There's some of them. So that Bojan mental. wasn't he meant to be like the next Messi? Yeah, he was at Barca at one point, weren't he? Mm. Yeah. Is he still? At, where's he now? Just something like Real Betis or somewhere like bollocky nowhere. Panathinaikos or one of those other ones. Yeah, you know, where Spanish, Spanish dreamers go to die in terms of football <laughs> careers. Uh, I'll get him up for you. What's that American lad? Remember, you might not play. You guys, just, by the way, can I just say, you're so you critical. So critical. Of what? He's at Montreal Impact now. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. I know who exactly who you're going to say, Matt. Oh, Freddie Adu. Yeah. First Championship buy manager, manager legend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, have him. Who's the other one I used to buy? Oh, Juan Roman Raquelme. Back oh, when he was yes. at Boca Juniors. Straight in. There you go. I had him down at Ryder <laughs> Rotherham. He was great. Cherno Samba. Who? He was meant to be the, the big thing in football from like the age group below me. And never went anywhere. I think he stopped playing at like 8 2021. 20, right then. We introduced to you what do we what have we called your segment? Because I called it Twitter knobheads, which was currently quite popular. But we've gone a bit more PC and called it what? Beat on the tweet, I think. Beat, beat on the beat tweet. Beat on the tweet, something, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking around. I prefer mine. So, that was Nick's. This week we have Jonah's section, which is going to be the Jonah of the week, as I've called yep. it. Go on then, Jonah. Who is your, uh, who is your Jonah of the week? So, the tonight... Find what a Jonah of the week is. What a Jonah is, traditionally, a really handsome, balding man. <laughs> no, uh, uh, it's the unlucky person on the ship, based on the Bible story where... Guy got eaten by a big fish. Often confused with a whale, but according to the Bible, it was a big fish. Uh, so the Jonah on the ship is the unlucky one, and they don't want someone unlucky on the boat. So today was the start of Ligue 1. All right. In the shadows of um, obviously the Europa League final, Bordeaux played somebody, Nantes. 
167 days since the last league gun game. It finished nil yeah. nil. You'd be you'd be you'd be thinking anyone who watched that game would be my journal of the week because they were unlucky. But Medi Zakani made his debut and was dismissed for having watched it a very innocuous accidental stamp after twenty minutes. <laughs> so he's waited all that time for his debut. It's his first game in professional football. Twenty years of age, and he got sent off after twenty minutes. And it, and it looks. I've I've watched it a couple of times, and it's. I don't think he means. I don't think he means the stamp. Right. So yeah. Send I know us the link. We'll put the we'll put the link out on Twitter and uh, everywhere else that we can. Doesn't look intentional, no. Not. I don't think so. No. I remember as a kid once getting so. sent to the headmistress's office. We were playing one of those many games that get, you know, you call it Bulldogs and you can't play Bulldogs. We changed the name of the game. One of those stupid things. And uh, I was, I can't remember if I was being chased or chasing someone. And the, no, I was chasing because a dickhead fell over and I had school shoes. I've got no grip. So I basically fell on top of him because he basically, we just rolled up. The dinner lady comes over like Stalin and fucking picks a turbo. So I'm off you go, off to the headmistress. We weren't fighting. He fell over, you dumb fuck. So off we go. We get to the headmistress's office to explain. She goes, what happened then? And went, he fell over and I fell over on top of him. And she went, oh, all right then. Well, it's not all right. I've lost the break time now. That's the best part of the bloody school. <laughs> anyway. Right. Now, you've had no prep on this, Nick, so good fucking luck. My, uh, you what, mate, for this week, based on a conversation from last week. Now, as a, uh, as a baseball fan... I thoroughly enjoyed watching Mark Maguire, Barry Bonds, spanking balls out of ballparks back in the day. So I believe to get baseball back to the most watched sport in America, that baseball should be the first sport to legalise steroids. Just say, fuck it. Do what you like. Let's start tonking some baseballs out of parks. My belief, what are your thoughts? Can I I ask for some clarification? Yep, go. Because I don't believe that the pitchers were really as into the steroids as the batsmen or the batters. So yep. it was like a bit of an uneven playing field. Can can the pitchers take stuff to make them pitch I'd, quicker? I'd, I'd say we just declare them all fucking astronauts and they can do what they like. Oof. Yeah, absolutely. I want to see 110 miles. I want to see the bone come out of the arm. He's pitching that fast. Literally like 109 miles, 120 miles an hour pitches. I would no issue with it. I'd be fucking brilliant. Four hundred pound catchers. What do you think, Nick? It's your opinion. Do you know what? Do you know you're, what? You're I, on the I fence saw, here, aren't you? You're on the fence. No, here. no. Oh. Do you know? I saw. I do sort of agree with you to a point because yeah, I yeah. think. I think in in certain sports, I think when you take performance enhancing drugs and steroids, it can have a detrimental impact on your opponent so if you're in a combat sport taking those kind of drugs you're potentially putting someone's life at risk if you're in the nfl taking those kind of drugs you're gaining an advantage not putting someone's life at risk but potentially causing injury because you you've got a a significant physical advantage baseball aside from the fact that the pictures launch 100 mile an hour fastballs at, at, at batters' heads sometimes and behind them, which, let's be honest, 
baseball pitchers know where they're putting the ball. So a lot of that, I think, 80% of the time is intentional anyway. Um, I'd I'd be inclined to say, I wouldn't be against that. I wouldn't be against every, just saying, do you know what? Level playing field, here you go. Every, everyone on performance enhancing drugs. And let, let's see how crazy the game gets. I suppose from it's it tainted the sport that's the other thing is um you know the steroids barry bonds and stuff but barry bonds might never get to the hall of fame which is sad because he should absolutely be there but it really tainted the sport of baseball when that was a thing the steroids in the sport so what do you think jonah i think it's an absolute disgrace it's horrendous, <laughs> and there's a massive creepy crawly just climbing on my, my bed. Um, wait there. No, I no. Dr- drugs have absolutely no part. It's it's a shambles. It endangers lives, like you say. They're just gonna, and not in terms of like the people that they're throwing at, but brains will explode. You only have to look at how many wrestlers die year in year out at the age of like. 30s so no all joking joking aside no right so they die because they're taking i'm assuming illegal unauthorized steroids correct Um, are they just taking the -the run-of-the-mill steroid that you give for like if you've got a sore throat (laughs) i don't know would it would it make it better is there is it an illegal market or are these just people taking like what we I don't think, I think they're probably taking the best they can get. I just presume they're taking, they don't know when to stop, do they? No, I, don't, I wouldn't have imagined. I mean, Barry Bonds went from being Nick to being the Rock Johnson. You know, he went from <laughs> tiny little geezer to, so, to, to an absolute Ooh. unit. No offence, Nick, but... I, when, but so you're both, saying both, he went from... I'll take him. He went from being scared of spiders to being the WWE champion, the strongest man in the world. I think that's a fair, a, a fair indication. Also, a ginger white guy to a big black bloke. Um, but we'll move on. Um, I just think it's for me, the game of baseball was a better, more enjoyable game when you had all-star hitters. Now, however, they get back to that. You know, yes, you've got Mike Trout, you've got a couple of guys dotting about, but just, there's just something about these proper all-star hitters where, you know, you had it, you had, you know, you've got Trout, you've got a cut your judge, maybe a couple of other ones where it's very, very exciting when they're there. But for the majority now, I don't know whether it's because of Moneyball, you've got basically plinking, plunking, moving people around the bases to get, because they get runs less than an hour about people smacking it out of the ballpark and it being being more of a spectacle. For me, I could be wrong, but that's how I see it. And if what about it takes if they made more points for a home run? If it increases the value, fine by me. Make it... It's just so in, in essence, the, the, it needs to have something where it, it's more pressurised for batters to take the risks. The... the the, the, the risk reward is no longer there like it was. So it, it was basically the glory of, you know, you've had these guys like Maguire, like Bonds, who were, if they could get out, get the, you know, the, 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 the main part of the bat, I can't remember what it's called, the main part of the bat on the ball, it was leaving the state, let alone the ballpark. But as obviously 
Terror always got banned. And you had less of these guys who built like absolute units. You've still got the odd one or two. You have the point there where it then becomes about contact, about batting, and the you know, base percentage and the big fat bloke from Superbad telling you which guy you need to sign. Then it becomes, you know, if I can, if I hit this one and I get an on base, then that's going to be better for me than this. I just feel like there needs to be some more invigoration in it. It shouldn't be that way. It's, you know, it's meant to be exciting. It's meant to be worth watching. You know, it's meant to be about crack, bang, off it goes. That's, that's the best part for me. Do you know what I'd prefer to see? is maybe rather than the extreme of everyone being on steroids would be the introduction of the um i'm calling them a video umpire but it's not like an electronic umpire if you will so you'd still have your real umpire there but then you'd have someone in a box somewhere that calls whether it's a ball or whether it's a strike because then I think you'd have a lot more pitchers putting the ball in and around the box and I think you'd potentially then have batters swinging maybe a, a, a lot more because they know that that call isn't left to someone's eyesight behind them like it is at the moment so you can have some that are really on on the cusp but some that might seem quite obvious and get called a strike or get called a ball, whereas they wouldn't be. So it might it might tempt your pitcher to put it more around that zone. So it gives so, your batters more of a chance of hitting it. It's like a video assistant referee. What could go wrong? I think it's... <laughs> yeah. How yeah, about... Okay. How about at the start, like the start, they all have to take a substance. Like if they opt in, they can opt in. So if they want to do steroids, they can. But they, they inject. But they're not all... They're not all the anabolic. Some people get estrogen. <laughs> some people get meh. Some people get heroin. And that, impl- that includes the umpires as well. I just think it could lead to a really, really enjoyable, great game as uh, Christian Yelich is there growing breasts. <laughs> <laughs> I think they called that the baseball of the 1920s, didn't they? Just cocaine everywhere. Oh, well, uh, From my point of view, that's where I'm at. They've got to do something to make it more exciting, more that, like in the days of, you know, Big Pape rocking up, and it's basically a case of, well, look, we're either going to pitch at him and there's a possibility that this thing's getting decased, or I'm not going to pitch at him at all. You know, and that's, I'm fine with that. That respect, you know, I haven't, I mean, maybe I haven't watched as much baseball as I would have liked, because I can't get my bloody BT Sport to work. Um, but I don't see as much, like it used to be in the days of Albert Pujols, He's the last one I can remember, where basically he'd go up to bat and they'd be like, yeah, we're just letting you walk to first base, bud. And he got like 4,000 walks in a year because no one had pitched the bugger because he just keeps smacking it out of the park. Not that he was ever to do with steroids before anybody moans at me. Um, and all seven of you that listen. Um, but I just feel they need to do something. Just give it a bit of a, a bit of oomph just to get it back into excitement. It is it is the, the exciting part of it and this week has shown that with the controversy over the Tatis Grand Slam home run, should he have hit it when when he did. And what's followed that is poetic justice that every night that San Diego has played the Texas Rangers, they've then hit a Grand Slam home run and the 
the commentary of the season for me when Eric Holzmer hit his Grand Slam home run last night was the announcer, you know, following the ball. It, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. And then he says, welcome to Slam Diego. And I thought that was nice. perfect on-point nice. commentary. Welcome to Slam Diego. Right, over under, how many days before had he written that? He definitely had that prepared. He was praying <laughs> oh, for it. That was in the, the pocket, slam, wasn't, wasn't it? He? he was praying for it. <laughs> My last two points. Go on, um, firstly, this is Brown Her. I've nothing against our ginger listeners and the ginger population out there, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I am not I'm, I'm not one of you. Um, I have brown hair. Wow. Uh, nibble, on. nibble, nibble, nibble. Right. Just so everybody is aware, that again, the 70 of you that are listening, we are not doing any form of debate this week on the Sports Waffle. I'm going to post a picture <laughs> of Nicholas, and we're going to debate whether he's ginger or not. That is going to be the only thing we're going to do this week. Jones, which side of the fence are you on? The red side. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a look. Don't get me wrong, the pictures where it's wet, I can see there's a bit of brown, a bit of dark, but right now, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's undertones. Is that, is that Irish blood in you, Nick? I don't, I don't think there's any Irish in me at all. I don't know what you both, I think you might both need a trip to Specsavers. <laughs> Uh, the, second, the second one was just going back to the segment, Matt, and we actually had a comment tonight from Luke Gaines on Facebook who oh, yeah. says that he loved the Twitter knobhead segment title, Did so he? it might be here to stay, that one. We th- we'll think on it over the weekend, but <laughs> Twitter knobheads might be Twitter, here to Twitter stay. Knobhead. I just think it sounds great in a northern accent. Ah, oh, knobhead. Just, it just sounds better, <laughs> definitely sounds better northern than southern. Twitter knobbery. That'll work as well, and it will be back on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, do you reckon Tuesday? Because well, well, be definitely going to be some good ones out of the Champions League final. I would have thought as well. I imagine Neymar. I mean, can you speak Spanish? What does Neymar get? I bet he gets some good Spanish pelters. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw something similar today, and it was like someone had done something for charity, and everything was amazing. And then someone put uh, something like, "But yeah, but." Please, can you just score more goals? <laughs> One, the season's finished, and two, you know, he's raised like three thousand pounds for some oh, people. Last year, it's stupid is stupid does. Do you know something I found out the other day that makes me really, really laugh? Is you know how if you're typing a text message, you might type and put ha 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 at the end. Yeah. In Spanish, put j a j a j a because apparently that's how they laugh. Yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant. I didn't realise that. What the fuck's that on there? Oh, that's brilliant. I like it. Right. Anyway, good, good wafflers. We shall, uh, we shall bid you adieu. We shall be back on. Uh, we'll pod on Tuesday, so we'll see you on Wednesday. Hopefully, catch up with some news, and we'll find out who's been a Twitter knobhead over the weekend. Jones. Probably will be, yeah, I will be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More than likely. Cracking. Right, have a good one, guys. See you later. See you later.